0: All right, listen, the season's changing, all right? So we're, we're seeing fall is arriving in East Texas, one of my favorite times of the year, and, and we know fall is here because we're seeing the leaves change colors, right? We're, so we're seeing the evidence of a new season with the change of color in the leaves. They're transforming. The other way we know fall is here is because of the temperatures that we're experiencing. How many of y'all have enjoyed this last week, especially in the mornings? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a guy that loves to hunt, I'm, I can, I'm trying I'm ready to get in the woods, all right? So uh, this, this time of year, I love it. So you you know that the, the season is changing because the the transformation of leaves and the the temperature that's beginning to shift, those are evidence that a new season has arrived. And here's what I would say to you, I believe that we are entering a new season spiritually as a church. And I say that because I'm seeing spiritual transformation happen in our church. Families being changed. Individuals coming to faith in Christ. Uh, There's a deeper desperation for the Lord that he's creating. So I'm seeing that transformation. But I'm also sensing that the spiritual temperature is changing at our church as well. And that's what we've been praying for. Amen. So I'm telling you, I'm so excited about what God is doing. I'm so thankful to be your pastor and to be at this church in this season of uh, our church's history because I believe we're on the brink of something amazing happening, amen? And so here's what we're going to do today. We're we're concluding a series that we've called uh, Led by Presence. We're just talking about what does it look like for us to be a church that is led by the Spirit of God, for God's presence to fill us and to lead and guide us, and as we Conclude this series, I wanna preach a sermon this morning called Breakthrough. And this sermon this morning is gonna be a transition into a, another season that we're entering into. Uh, we are gonna be beginning on October 4th through October 24th, a 21-day pursuit of the Lord through prayer and fasting. So we wanna start a 21 days of just getting after the Lord like never before, fast and pray and seek his face, And we're asking God to to bring about spiritual breakthrough, that he would do something in our church that he's never done before, that we would see him move in ways we've never seen him move before in your lives, in your family, and in our church family, amen? And this is the heart's desire. So on your way in, you, you should have received this fasting guide. Everybody hold up your fasting guide if you got one. Kind of wave it at me so I can see all of you. Listen, you got it, all right? So listen, if you didn't get it, you need to get one on your way out. Now, I'm gonna be walking you. Today is gonna be somewhat of a preparation for this journey that we're gonna be taking. So let me me draw your attention to uh, one thing. On the very back of this, so you're gonna see just the how-tos here, but then on the very back page, the, the, the bottom, there's a QR code. That is how you'll register to join the fast, why do I need to register? It's because your pastors and your elders wanna pray for you. We wanna be able to know who's on this journey and be able to call you by name every single day as you take this journey of faith, asking the Lord to do some things in your life that he's never done before. And so we wanna pray for you. The other thing is we wanna communicate with you through this fast. And so when you go to this QR code, it'll take you about a minute and a half and you'll, you'll sign up in two places. It'll be about 45 seconds each place. There'll be a little written uh, form where you'll type form or you'll just type in a couple of things, um, uh, information that we'll need. Uh, and then there's going to be a number that you'll text and it'll give you a prompting and you'll take about another 30 to 45 seconds uh, to fill out this little deal on text. And what that'll do for you is, is that not only will you be prayed for and we'll know you're fasting and we can be lifting you up, but that text is critical because we're actually going to be sending you when you register, a, a, a web page that you'll be able to have access to that's going to give you gr- greater insight and, and guides in a way that you can fast more effectively. We are also going to be sending periodical uh, 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 periodically sending encouragement to you, like praying, hey, this passage is a passage we're praying for you and encourage you today. We're not going to bombard you with information, but we want to make sure that as you go through this, you know you're being prayed for, you have resources that you need to make this a success in your spiritual journey, and that you'll get the encouragement from your pastoral leadership that you need during this time. And so please take advantage of that registration and let us know. In whatever capacity you're joining us with the fast, just let us know, and we'll pray for you. We'll get your resources, and we'll be Again, encouragement to you as we go through this journey. Uh, you also will have these available at a prayer meeting this week, and then again next Sunday, there'll be a 21 day reading plan, just like we just finished a chapter a day using that here method. How many of y'all have been utilizing the, the read your Bible the last couple of weeks uh, together? Raise your hand if you've been you taking advantage of that. Raise your hand if you're taking advantage of that. Okay, there's like six of you. Listen, read your Bible. And listen, I, and listen, I'm just going to lovingly rebuke as your pastor, you will never grow spiritually unless you're in the word, unless you're praying. Amen. So don't tell me you want to grow in Christ if you're not reading your Bible, all right? So you say, well, I've already got a reading plan. I don't need yours. Well, thank God for you, all right? But if we're honest, most of you don't have a reading plan and you're not reading your Bible, so get after it. You say, man, why are you wearing me out? Because I love you, all right? Um, and so we're going to provide another, it's chapter a day using a little here method that'll help you grow spiritually uh, through time in the Word each day. And this will be pivotal for you on this 21-day uh, pursue the Lord in fasting, all right? And so that's where we're going to be this morning. We're going to talk through this and, 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 and look at why we're doing this, what we're doing, and, and some scriptures to help us understand the purpose behind all of this. Let me start this morning by just giving you a definition. Say, What is fasting? What is fasting? And so the Bible, you can't point to a text and say, okay, this is specifically what fasting is, but as you look at the scriptures and you see fasting, which was a regular practice throughout the scripture, Jesus tells us on a number of occasions that he expects us to fast. So what is a fast? Here's a simple general definition of fasting. Fasting is abstaining from something we need or enjoy for the purpose of intense spiritual focus through scripture And prayer. That's what fasting is. It's abstaining from something you need or enjoy for the purpose of intentional, intense, uh, spiritual focus, spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer. Here's what that does for us. So fasting, when you are abstaining from those things that you need or enjoy, here's what that does. You you replace that time that you would be doing that thing or, or specifically eating with seeking the Lord. Also in the absence of those things that you've uh, like started depending upon like the things that you need or enjoy, you were, you were giving up those things to say, God, more than I want satisfaction in those areas, I want you to move in my life. So more than I want comfort in my stomach, I want you to fill my soul. I want you to do something in me. I want to seek you more than I want to be satisfied with things. Amen. That, that's the idea here. So it's the purpose is, is a spiritual pursuit. And here's what happens. When you fast, when you abstain from, from things that you need in order to pursue God, what it does, it creates a hunger in you for more of him. It is, a, it is an expression of dependency and humility that's saying, God, more than anything else, I need you. I can't. I don't have what it takes. It's coming to the end of you. And when you're, when you're fasting, it creates in you a greater need for the Lord. Jesus models this for us at the beginning of his ministry. So Jesus, when he starts his ministry, remember Jesus, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, he is fully God and he is fully man. So he is 100% God, he's 100% man, but in his earthly ministry, what we see is Jesus walking in his humanity, not his deity. So we see that the very beginning of Jesus's ministry, he begins by what? By fasting for 40 days. So for 40 days, he did not eat anything, but what he did was, is he sought the face of the Father. He was seeking direction. Jesus needed the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the things that the Father had sent him to accomplish. Remember, when when the enemy was coming to attack him and to tempt him, what was Jesus's response? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, what Jesus is saying is that physical nourishment won't get it done. What we need is the word of God. We need the presence of God. We need the power of God in our life. And so, and I love this because when Jesus comes to the end of his fast and begins his earthly ministry, Mark includes one statement in there that helps us understand the power of prayer and fasting. When Jesus ended his fast and started his ministry, it says, and then Jesus left the wilderness full of the power of the spirit and went to Galilee. And that is our desire. My prayer for New Beginnings Baptist Church is that at the end of our 21 days together, that full of the Spirit's power, we would go and do whatever God's calling us to do, not in our strength, but in His strength and His strength alone. Amen? Amen. This is the heartbeat, and this is what we're about. So let me say a couple of things. Um, first of all, when I talk about abstaining from something you enjoy or need, um, for the purpose of intense spiritual focus and uh, scripture and prayer, uh, I want to specifically say to you, I, I really want us in this 21-day fast to fast from food, fast from fruit. All right? I want us to do that. So I know for some of you in here, you, you're like, well, man, I don't know that I can function without eating uh, you know, everything that I normally eat during the day. I think all of us could do, it'd do us all good to cut back a little bit of something, right? Um, so for some of you, you're like, I'll just, I'll just fast from social media, I'll fast from um, you know, television. or. Off. And I think it would be great. I think for us to get off social media for 21 days would probably give us a cleansing in our soul that we've never experienced in a long time. I think for some of you, turn the TV off, especially if you turn off your news outlets, CNN, Fox, whatever is you're watching. Listen, I'm telling you the clarity you would get when you stop letting your favorite political analyst tell you how to think. I mean, it, it, it might, we might actually hear from the Lord, amen? Amen. Um, testifying right here on the front row. And so when we we abstain from those things, and that's good, but listen, let's also abstain from food. You say, well, I I have health issues. Okay, great. You need to consult your doctor. and Whatever fast you're choosing, make sure that that you get some medical advice on that. But listen, everyone in here can fast from food in some way. And so here's what I'm challenging with. Let me show you the different types of fasting that I'm encouraging you uh, to choose from, and then you can modify any of these to to fit wherever you are with your health needs uh, in this season of life you're in. So let me give these are all in your in your uh, little guide by the way. I just want to make sure I clarify some of them. Number one, here's the first type of fast you can choose to fast is a complete fast. This is where you're with liquid only for the 21 days. So you, you can do some uh, broth with that, mainly water, but you can do some natural juices there. You want to uh, stay away from anything with artificial uh, uh, sugars in it, uh, because all that's gonna do is make you more hungry. So if you're chugging Gatorade, you're just gonna make yourself more hungry, all right? So uh, broth is good, water's good, but just liquids for the 21 days of fasting. Uh, the second one is a partial fast. This is where you'll not eat anything from sunup to sundown. So you're basically saying, God, as long as there's light outside, I'm going to use those hours. And rather than eating and doing the snacking and doing the things I normally do, I'm going to replace those things with seeking you. And I'm going I'm to go without during those hours of the day in order to seek you. Now, notice I said this from sun up to sundown, not sundown to sunup. That's called sleeping, not fasting. All right. And uh, so we want to make sure we're fasting during this time. Here's the third one, progressive fast. This is where you kind of combine a number of fasting uh, ways of fasting. So what is a progressive fast? Well, the first week in a 21-day fast, you would maybe miss a meal or two during the day. And so you would just, it's a way for you to work into fasting. So you'd miss a a meal, one meal or two meals a day for the first seven days. And then maybe the second seven days, you would do a sun up to sun down fast, where during the daylight hours, you're not going to eat. You're going to seek the Lord. And then um, on the last seven days, you would move into a complete fast where you will do water or, or some sort of liquids only for that last seven days. That's a way for you to maybe build up into your fast. Uh, during uh, this time, and then the last one is really a, a very common fast. It's called the Daniel fast, and we're actually going to look at the, the the Daniel fast, not in detail of of how he fasted, uh, but what happened in his fast what we'll look at today. But the Daniel fast is basically where you will have no meat, no sugar, no bread, no dairy for the for the 21 days, and. Um, the resource guide that we're putting together, if you choose the Daniel fast, we'll actually in that resource, we'll have for you a shopping list if you're doing the Daniel fast of the types of foods that you'll want to purchase and even some menus that you can make some meals with the Daniel fast. So we're trying to make uh, you, get you as equipped as we possibly can um, to make this a success for you. So here's what I'm asking you to do. You need to pray through what type of fast, and it could be something within all of this that you modify for you, but I'm, everybody can give up something, Amen. Everybody can in some way change your eating habits in order to pursue the Lord. But here is the key to all of this. And I want you to hear me say this. The key to all this is not the abstinence of food. It's not abstaining from food. It's the pursuit of the Lord in prayer. So if you go through this and you're only not eating, then what you're doing is dieting. And that's not the same thing as fasting. So what we want to do during this time is is here's how this works. Rather than than me sitting down with my family at dinner, I'm gonna find a quiet place in the house and that time that I would be spending either with the family or maybe even the evenings watching television, it's not just turning the TV off, it's doing something other than what you would normally do. So what I I do, I'm gonna get alone with the Lord, I'm gonna open God's word, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna go through the prayer list that I'm asking God to work in my life and rather than doing those things, I'm gonna call on his name. And then as your hunger pains intensify, because they will, as you move through your fast, by the way, a complete fast, uh, day four, the the first four days are the hardest on a complete fast. After that, it it gets a little bit easier because your body kind of shifts the way that it's it's fueling itself. Not saying it's easy, but it'll be easier after four days. But as you go through this, regardless of what fast you're choosing, you're going to sense hunger pains in your life. Those hunger pains are triggers. So when you feel hungry, those hunger pains are to say, God, I I feel hunger in my stomach and God, but more than satisfying that hunger pain, I want a deeper hunger for you. Lord, more than satisfying that. So it's reminding you in the same way that my stomach is growling right now and I'm hungry. Lord, I want you to move in my life. I want to feel this in my soul for you. Does that make sense? That's the power of fasting. It's not in the not eating—it's in what you do instead of eating, and it's basically—it's a hunger strike for spiritual purposes. God, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to abstain from this thing in my life because I want to see you move, and I'm going I'm to pursue you with intensity. And that's what fasting does—it intensifies. Listen to this: your prayer life. It, it elevates the, the, the fervency by which you seek the Lord, and this is pivotal. So we're calling this. Season breakthrough. And here's why. We're going to do a three week series starting next Sunday called Breakthrough. Really a four week series, but three of those are going to be teaching. A, 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 we're going to do a series called Breakthrough. And what we're asking God to do is to bring spiritual breakthrough. Listen, some of you right now, you need spiritual breakthrough in your life. There are things in your life, things that you're facing that you can't overcome. You need the power of God unleashed like never before in your life. Some of you, you need your marriage to be healed, and it hasn't been. And you, you, you've tried, and you just don't go to counseling, but you just seem like there's some sort of spiritual stronghold that's keeping your marriage and your family to being everything that God wants it to be. For some of you, there are strongholds of sin that have kept you in bondage for years, maybe even decades, and you just can't seem to overcome. You've done groups and accountability and, and taken all kinds of steps. But listen, spiritually speaking, maybe it's a time for you to fast and pray like never before. Others of you, maybe you have friends or loved ones, children, grandchildren, parents, brothers and sisters who don't know Christ and you just need God to grab a hold of their heart and so this fast is gonna give you an opportunity to intensify your prayer life. We wanna see spiritual breakthroughs during this time. We wanna see marriages healed. We wanna see people saved. We wanna see God heal people miraculously. We wanna see God's provision showing up with no mistaking that God and God alone is the one who did it. We wanna see God revive our hearts and pour his spirit afresh on our church and our lives. So we're asking God, bring spiritual breakthrough to New Beginnings Baptist Church and everyone who will seek your face during this time. That's what we're asking God to do. Now, why is this so important? I'm gonna get you to grab your Bibles and go with me to Mark, Mark chapter nine. Mark chapter nine, we're gonna see the reason this is so important. I'm not gonna read the whole story. I'm gonna read two verses at the end of the story. Let me tell you the story. Jesus is on the mountain of transfiguration where the father shows up in a miraculous way, transforms literally Jesus right in front of three of the disciples. Peter, James, and John are there. Moses, for crying out loud, shows up, Elijah shows up, and this is an amazing experience, what you would call a mountaintop moment for these disciples and for Jesus. But while they're having the mountaintop moment, down at the, in the valley, there is a real valley that's happening in the lives of the remaining nine disciples there is this man who is there and he brought them their son. And the story tells us the son is battling both physical and spiritual issues. He's got physical issues that he can't seem to be healed of. And he's got a demonic influence that he needs to be delivered from. And it could be that the health reasons are all tied together with the demonic influence. But all we know is this, is that he brings the son to the disciples. And, and don't miss this. The disciples had already been given the authority by Jesus to heal people, to cast out demons, to proclaim the kingdom of God. And they had done it successfully. So they've already been a part of miraculous work that God has done through them. But for whatever reason, man, they're trying to see this boy healed and nothing's happening, nothing's changing. There is this breakthrough that they're wanting, but they can't seem to break through. The demonic presence is still there. The physical illness is still there. I want you to think about this for a moment. Think about two things. One, think about the defeat the disciples would have felt. And think about the despair that father would have felt. God, we've done this before and you've done it. We've simply walked up to people and and told the evil spirit to leave and it's left. God, we've, we've seen you use us to heal people and we can't do it. This father is looking and going, I've seen other people and I've heard stories about God coming through from them. Why isn't my son being delivered? Imagine the discouragement of that father. Imagine the defeat of the disciples. So Jesus comes back and says, boys, what's going on? And they said, well, we've been trying to cast out this demon and we failed miserably. And so Jesus kind of pushes them aside and he heals the man like Jesus does, right? He comes through and he heals the man. And so the disciples then are a little bit curious. I think they're probably a little bit embarrassed. That's what we pick up in the story. In Mark chapter nine, or nine verse 28, the, the story kind of breaks away, but the disciples, this is still puzzling them of why they were an utter failure. It says that when they entered the house, the disciples asked him privately, Um, Why could we not cast him out? Why could we not cast the the demon out? Why couldn't we heal this guy? And this is a legitimate question. The disciples are going, we've done it before. You gave us authority. Why is it that we could not see the breakthrough we were looking for in this situation? Why couldn't we see you work in this way? It's the same question the Father may be asking. And I love Jesus' answer. Listen to Jesus' answer. And this answer tells us why prayer and fasting is so critical for you and me. And Jesus said to them, this kind, it's a reference, I believe, to the demonic influence, the the stronghold in this young man's life. This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. I wanna talk to you just for a moment, explain some things at the text that maybe some of you are puzzled with. I wanna show you something. Why have I put in here in this italics and parenthesis here, and fasting? Jesus' answer to the disciples, you know why this demonic influence didn't leave? You know why you were powerless in this moment? He's saying, because there's some things that require prayer and fasting. So why would I italicize this and fasting? And here's why. Some English translations include in this text and fasting, and some English translations omit the two words and fasting. And here's why some translations have it and some translations don't. The original manuscripts that are used to translate the Bible into our language, they don't all agree on this particular verse with this particular phrase. Now, listen, that does not mean that the Bible has errors and it doesn't question the authority or even the truthfulness of the scripture, because when you look at this, nothing in the context, nothing in the, in the truth of what is being communicated changes whether and fasting is there or not. So, so why the discrepancy is because as things got translated over time, there, there was understandings of, of Jesus's teaching and applications of it that might've differed as these texts are being translated. And here's why I believe there's a discrepancy in the manuscripts, and this will help settle in why I think it's, it's implied here, even if it's not included. I think the early church, when they would have understood Jesus' teaching here, I think they would have understood that Jesus is not just talking about general prayer. He's not just talking about, do you pray every day? The answer is yes. When Jesus says, these kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. He is not just referring to general prayer. He's talking about intense, urgent, desperate, persistent, I'm pursuing God for breakthrough type of prayer. And what we find in scripture is that almost every time this type of praying occurs in the scriptures, fasting is included. The early church would have practiced this verse with fasting. They would have understood that what Jesus is talking about is not just a general prayer life, but but literally a calling upon the name of the Lord with urgency that is in most often the case in the scriptures, it is accompanied with fasting. Here's something I want you to know. Go back to that verse up here on the screen. Listen, prayer does not always mean we fast. Everybody say amen. Fasting always demands prayer. There are times when we pray and we don't need to fast. Then there are times, listen, we gotta fast because we need to intensify our prayer life. And I think that's the point Jesus is making here is that, that what we need to do is we need to call on the name of the Lord. The word that's being used here for prayer in the original language is a compound word that literally means toward or in and vow or sacrifice or, 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 or desire. The point in this word is this, is that it is to pursue God, to lean in, to draw near to God with a desperation, with a desire, a sacrifice, laying our life down saying, God, I need you, I need your power, it's an intense prayer that calls on the name of the Lord with urgency, and here's what fasting does. Fasting intensifies the urgency of our prayer. Fasting is a way that we see in, in the Bible and in church history that God's people have done, practice this in order to draw near to him in ways that are intensified. So listen to me, look at me right here. There are some things in your life, and here's the one truth that I want you to write down. Here's the one truth that I want you to write down. There are some spiritual breakthroughs that you need. Some spiritual breakthroughs only happen through intense and persistent prayer. So listen to me. There are some things that God wants to do in your life that you need him to do in your life. But in his divine sovereignty, he will only do those things if we pray and fast. He will only do those things if we, with persistence and intensity, pursue him with all of who we are. And there are times where it's for seasons, for days, for weeks, for months, for years. There are times when we will pursue God for decades before he comes through. And what Jesus is showing us in this story is that there are some breakthroughs that we need in our life, and we will not see those breakthroughs unless we get serious in prayer And one of the greatest ways to get serious in prayer is by fasting. It is by saying, God, I'm going to lay aside every other pursuit. More than, than my comfort physically, I need you to move spiritually. God, I need you in such a way that, God, I'm willing to deprive myself of those things that I've learned to depend upon in order to increase my dependency upon you. So, so look at me, for some of you, you, there are kids that you need to see come to faith in Christ or return home or moms or dads or brothers and sisters, people in your life that need Christ. Have you fasted and prayed for them? Some of you, you want mar- your marriage to heal. Have you, have you fasted and prayed for your marriage, like together? There are some of you that wounds have, have been haunting you for decades and you've seen counselor after counselor after counselor and you just can't seem to find a healing. Maybe what God wants you to do is fast and pray. Some of you need a fresh movement of God in your heart, in your home, and we need it in our church. What what if we fast and we pray? Now listen to me, fasting and prayer does not guarantee God will do exactly what we want him to do. It's not like we get to go, well, see, I did it. This is not, we're not earning brownie points. Fasting, listen, fasting is not about seeing God's hand. It's about knowing God's heart. And here's what I've discovered. When I know the heart of God, I will see the hand of God. So there are times when I pursue God and I pursue God and I'm fasting and I'm seeking him and he does the very thing that I'm asking him to do because it's according to his will. There are other times I pray and I fast and I seek his face and he just says, wait, and he wants me to continue to pursue him and and he's going to eventually do that. And the answer is not no, it's just not now. Then there are other times when God is not gonna do those things, but here's what he's gonna do. In the middle of our seeking him, he is gonna begin to bring clarity of what we really need. So maybe we're praying for breakthrough in this area, but as we pursue him and seek him, God begins to do a work in our heart and we realize I've been asking for this, but God wants this. But because we're fasting and we're praying, we're seeing clearly and we're hearing clearly what God has for us. And then we view what he has as better than what we're asking for. So we're not guaranteed, listen to this, how God is gonna respond, but here's what we do know, he will respond. There will never, ever be a moment in your life where you with sincerity and honesty and integrity pursue God with the intensity that you need to through prayer and fasting and not see him work in your life. Every single time, he will do something powerful in your life, and that is why we fast and pray. And it may not be what we want, But it is what we need. And when you fast and pray, you will agree with God that that's what you need. There's something powerful that happens. And so our elders have uh, asked the Lord to give us um, a list of the breakthroughs that corporately as the church we desperately need in the season of life that we're in. And so we've identified seven uh, breakthrough petitions that we're asking you uh, to join us with so that we collectively are praying together. So you're gonna make a list of things that you personally need. And then we're asking you, and this is in your guide here, but I'm gonna walk you through these real quick. The first thing we're asking God to do uh, during this season of Breakthrough is for boldness to share, the Christ, with, share Christ with those around us. We wanna see five, that 500 people come to faith in Christ. We wanna see God move like he's never moved before. Between uh, January 13th, 2021, January 13th, uh, 2022. we're asking God to have given us 500 people to come to faith in him. And so what we need, church, is boldness for that. This is the church in Acts, in Acts chapter four, they prayed for boldness. And what, what did God give them? He gave them boldness. And what was the byproduct? People were being saved. We wanna see people saved, amen? There are people in your life right now that you've got a burden for, that you're gonna begin to fast and you're gonna pray. And listen what, God's gonna use you in this journey to lead them to Christ. He's gonna miraculously work in their life. And we're gonna ask him to do this. We're seeing, asking him for 500. Here's number two. We're asking for God to move miraculously with a fresh outpouring of his spirit on our church. We want to see God do something new, something he's never done before. I believe there is more of the Holy Spirit to be given to New Beginnings Baptist Church. Amen? Amen. There is more of him to know. There is more of him to be had. We want everything that he has for us. So we're asking God, would you move in a fresh way? Would you pull yourself out on us? Here's number three. We're praying for the reengagement of families that have been disconnected from the body. Listen to me, eyes right here just for a second. We, we have seen families through the last 18 to 24 months just slowly begin to let God's people become Less important in their life. When I see God's people, I'm talking about the covenant community. We are called to be a part of a local church, which means we're not just friends with Christians generally, which we should be, but we are connected with other believers missionally through the local church. And what we have seen is an increase in people who are saying church is not important to our family anymore. So how, how, they're not saying that verbally, they're saying that with the choices they're making. And there are so many families that were once red hot for Christ who are no longer connected with new beginnings. If they are, it's infrequent. And here's my fear. And this is a pastor. Listen, I, I carry a burden for this because here's what I know. This is gonna have generational effect. We're not just talking about a family who's not coming to church. We're talking about a generation who's gonna be impacted. You say, what do you mean? Listen, whatever one generation does casually, the next generation does Actively listen to this, and and it's in increasing ways. What what one generation does in, in making decisions for their home, the next generation is gonna go one step further. And here's what that means. The families that are saying church is not very important to our family anymore, the next generation will say the church is not important at all. On the flip side of that, the families that go, man, we want Jesus to be the center of our life and we're gonna be connected with the local church and we're gonna be plugged in and all in with the mission of God. A family that gets serious about Jesus, guess what? The next generation, they're gonna be even more serious. And that's what we're praying for and that's what we're asking God to do. We're asking God to raise up men of faith, men of courage. Men, look at me. My prayer for you as men during this 21 day of fasting, and this is what we're all praying together, is that God would raise up spiritual leaders who would lead their home, who would be bold in the faith, who would impart God's truth to their family, who would be the prophet and priest of your home. For young men to rise up with a godliness, it says, listen, we wanna be men that make a difference in our culture. We wanna change the world, not be changed by the world. That's our prayer. We wanna see women rise up who are just godly, full of the word of God and the spirit, who walk in the grace of God, who are making a difference in their family, making a difference in their workplace. We wanna see men and women strengthened. We want a strong church, Amen. And listen, men and women who get serious about Jesus, that's what makes a strong church. It ain't the preacher, it ain't the worship, it ain't the programs. Listen, it is men and women who walk in godliness. That's what makes a strong church. And the also, is same is true for weak churches. If we're weak, there's a reason. So that's a soapbox I'm gonna jump off of right now. Um, we're asking for God's financial provision for expanding our mission. Listen, there are a couple of petitions we're asking in the midst of this. Obviously, that we want to see God uh, provide more for our family, our church family resources to, to continue the mission, but we want uh, to sell property. We have 80 acres on the north side of this, this property. that was deeded to us for the purpose of, of selling or utilizing if we need it, but selling it is the primary purpose that we felt is going to further God's mission uh, to use those resources to continue to expand the mission of God through our ministries. So we need that land to sell. So we're asking you, pray that God would let that land sell for a favorable price. We also ask you, listen, we've got enough people coming from, from Kilgore and Hallsville right now that we can start a campus in either of those communities with several hundred people attending. Well, here's the, and this is my heart's confession that may scare you. I, I really believe, and again, I, I wanna hear from the Lord, but I really believe God wants us to go to those communities. Why? Because God's sending those communities to us. We don't have the money for it. We don't have the resources. And unless God comes through... That's gonna be a delayed opportunity. So we're asking God to miraculously, would you provide the resource? Would you provide a facility for us? Would you give us what we need in order to do the work we feel like you're calling us to do when you want us to do it? So we're praying for that. Here's number five. Uh, for revival and spiritual awakening in our church, community, state, and nation. Listen, I wanna see an awakening at New Beginnings Baptist Church. I wanna see something so explainable happen in this church, in this community, through the churches in this community, not just here in New Beginnings. Our nation, listen, we need revival. We need a spiritual awakening. And I believe God wants to do it, but he's not gonna do it unless we fast and we pray and we seek his face like never before. But we're gonna ask God to do it, amen? amen. Here's number six. We're gonna, we have a desire for the manifest presence manifestation of, of the spirit of God during all weekend, uh, our weekly, rather, worship services. The reason we worded it like this is because we wanna see it weekly. We wanna see it in our kids' building. We wanna see God's spirit show up. On our Wednesday night student ministry, gathering, we want to see God's spirit move like never before. In our college Thursday night gathering, we want to see God's spirit move like never before. In our prayer meeting on Wednesday nights, we want to see God's spirit move like never before. And we're asking God, would you allow us to see a special manifestation of your presence? Here's number seven. We want to ask God to make us a house of prayer. We want to become a house of prayer by increasing our attention to the necessity of prayer individually and through the participation in the prayer corporately. So the prayer is our weekly Wednesday night prayer meeting. We want to become a house of prayer. And so we're asking God, would you create in our desires individually and then together a greater focus that we're 21 days of prayer and fasting is only the beginning of a a life of prayer that we want to live as a people. Amen. Amen. This Wednesday night, we had around 35% of our adult worship attendance in uh, our prayer meeting, uh, which is phenomenal. I mean, thank God for that. Um, and so as the largest we've ever had, I, I'm, I'm praying for the day that we see 50 or 60% of those who would come on church to church on a Sunday morning to come be a part of the prayer meeting, uh, to make it a priority in your family and life. But listen, only God can do that. He has got to increase our desire calling, causing us to rearrange whatever schedules we have in order to make this a priority. We want God to do that. I don't want you to be manipulated by a preacher or provoked into this. This has got to be work God does in our heart. So we're going to pray and ask him to do it. Amen. Hear me say this, listen to this. That's what we're gonna be praying collectively, corporately. What do you need God to do in your life? So my challenge for you as we lead up to October 4th is for you to begin to ask God, God, what do you have for me? What do you wanna do in my life? Like, what are the breakthroughs? And so here, some of you right now, there are spiritual breakthroughs you're thinking of. My marriage, my kids have strayed away from the Lord. I need to see God save my neighbor, my coworker. Some of you are thinking about provision. Some of you, it's a health issue and you need to see God bring healing to it. You're thinking of spiritual breakthroughs and that's awesome. So what I would do, if you're thinking of those things, take those things to the Lord and say, God, here are the things that I feel in my heart I need you to do. Do you agree with this? And God, what are the things that you want to do that I don't see? Help me to see those things because here's what we know. When we ask anything according to God's will, he does. And so what we need to do this week as we prepare for this is begin to ask the Lord, what do you want to do? What is in front of me that, only, that I need you to come through and only you can do it? That's what we're doing. And here's what I believe, church, as you seek the face of God, as you begin to identify those breakthrough needs in your life, I believe God is gonna move in your life like never before. We see this throughout the scriptures. We see a man by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a cupbearer to the king. He's a prisoner who has now got a position with the king who is now ruling over God's people. Jerusalem has been destroyed, the wall is in ruins, the temple has been ransacked, and Nehemiah is there and he's missing home and he gets word that Jerusalem is in ruins, and there is no hope of being restored, and he's thinking about the families that are there who are open to the enemy for destruction. And this breaks Nehemiah's heart. He knows I can't do anything about it. Nothing can be done, humanly speaking, to change what is going on in Jerusalem. So what does Nehemiah do? The scripture says that he fasted and he prayed for four months. He, in desperation, sought the Lord. God, I'm broken. These are your people, and I'm asking, would you do something? God begins to stir in Nehemiah's life, and Nehemiah then, through this prayer and fasting, he goes to the king, and he walks up and says, hey, this king, by the way, who was not interested in rebuilding the city, could I go back and and lead a rebuilding effort? And because he fasted and because he prayed, God moved in a powerful way. And not only did the king grant him permission, he gave them authority and protection and all of the resources needed to go back and build the city. Why? Because he fasted and he prayed. Queen Esther. This is a a woman who... Becomes the queen of uh, of of the Persian Empire. She was married to Xerxes. She was uh, a Jewish lady who hid her ethnicity because of risking her life. And in this position of influence, even though she was somewhat in hiding, she hears about an edict that has been written that is going to lead to the genocide of all of her people. It is written. Carved in stone, no way out. God's people are gonna be annihilated and Esther is broken and here's what she does. She fasts and she prays. And she seeks the face of God. She calls on his name and says, God, unless you come through, our people are going to die. And God gave her favor. And she goes to the king. He changes the edict. He turns the verdict onto the one who created the edict to begin with. And God gave a spiritual breakthrough for his people and rescued them. Why? Because a woman was broken and she fasted and prayed. King Jehoshaphat. King of Israel is leading the army of the Lord and he's coming to a particular place in their history where there was this uh, superpower army that was formed. Several enemies of God formed an alliance and they created a super army and Jehoshaphat is is God's leader for his people and he doesn't know what to do because he gets word that his army is coming and he knows they are all going to die. They have no way of defeating this enemy. And it says that Jehoshaphat called for a fast and they prayed and they sought the face of the Lord and God came through for them and told them, I'm going to defeat the enemy for you. And I love this, that when they fasted and prayed and God gave his answer before the army was defeated, hey, they had a worship service and they sang songs of praise about the deliverance that God was about to bring. And the scripture tells us that because he fasted and prayed, because they sought the face of the Lord, that not only did God defeat this super army, he did so without the Israelites even drawing a sword. Why? Because they fasted and they prayed. We see in the New Testament, the people of God in this moment of history going, God, what's next? Where do you want to send us? Where do you want to take us? What's next on your agenda? As a church, we don't know what you want us to do. And it says in Acts 13 that they fasted and they prayed. And as they fasted and they prayed, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Paul and Barnabas and send them for the work that I have set them apart for. And they fasted and they prayed and they laid hands on Paul and Barnabas. And Global Missions was born that day. And from that fasting and prayer, there have been millions upon millions upon millions of people come to saving faith in Christ. Why? Because the church came together and they fasted and they prayed. And I could go on with story after story after story of what God has done in the scriptures and what God has done in history when God's people prayed and fasted. Miraculous things happen. But I'm going to tell you one story and show you why we're, what, what we're about to do is so significant. In Daniel, you don't have to turn there. In Daniel chapter 10, we see the Daniel fast. Daniel is part of those who have been captive in this time of exile. He's worked up in the ranks and he gets a vision from the Lord that the Lord is about to come in power. And, and, and Daniel is, is both perplexed and he is dumbfounded what he heard from the Lord and doesn't know what to do. God, what do I do with this? How do I respond to this? He needed wisdom, he needed direction. God, I don't know what it is you want me to do with this vision you've given me. And here is what Daniel did in this season of dilemma. It says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks, 21 days, three weeks. And here's what it says. He says, I ate no uh, delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I now anoint myself at all for a full three weeks, 21 days. And on the 24th day of the first month, now I don't know whether this is on the 21st day or whether this was on the 24th day of his seeking the Lord. So it could have been that the fast was over and God still hasn't spoken to him yet. And God shows up in a mighty way. It says here in the story that God shows up in front of him with an angel. He's standing there at the Tigris. And I bet in this moment, Daniel is going, God, I haven't heard from you. I've been seeking you for three weeks and you have not given me an answer. I have pursued you and I've not heard from you. And it's in that moment where all of a sudden he looks up and there's the, the glory of one of the angels coming his way. And Daniel did what you and I would do in that moment. He freaked out a bit. And he is struck with fear. The angel of the Lord comes to him, listen to what it says next in verse number 11. The angel speaks to him and says to him, O oh, Daniel, I love this, O oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. I want you to hear me say this church. You see, when Daniel went to to seek the face of God in fasting and prayer, he was not going to some off-distant deity that was unconcerned with Daniel's situation. He was not praying to some angry God that was out there just to strike him down if he didn't do it just right. He wasn't fasting and praying so that he somehow could earn favor with God. No, 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 no. This was a man seeking God who was greatly loved by the God he was seeking. And I want you to know, listen, as you enter into this 21 days of prayer and fasting, you are not praying to a God who is distant. You are not calling on God, trying to convince a father who doesn't care about your burdens to come through for you. You are greatly loved by him. This is why the scripture says we can come boldly before the grace, the throne of grace and find help in our time of need. Why? Because you are greatly loved. He goes on to say, he says, understand, the angel's telling him, The words that I speak to you, stand upright. In other words, stand up, man. For now I've been sent to you. And we had spoken this word to me. I stood up trembling. And then he said to me, please don't miss this. Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day. Everybody say first day. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God. Your words have been heard and I have come because of your words. Do you hear what the angel told him? He says, Daniel, I want you to know that day one of your 21 days of seeking me on day one, I heard your prayer. When you called on me, I heard you. And he says, I saw and I heard the humility when you humbled yourself. Why is he referring to his fast as humbling? It's because that's what fasting is. It's saying, God, I can't, you can. It's saying, God, I don't have, you do have. It's saying, God, no strength, all strength. Lack power, all power. It's humbling ourselves before the Lord. And he says, I saw your humility and I heard your words on the very first day. And now I'm here. So, why in the world did Daniel have to wait 21 days? I'm glad you asked. Verse 13. Here's what he says He says, The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. The prince of the kingdom of Persia, I believe, is a reference to a demonic angelic being, the army of the enemy in the spiritual realms. So God, on day one, dispatches the angel with the answer, but then there's a cosmic war that begins to happen in the unseen realm. The angels of the enemy, the demonic forces of the enemy, begin to make war against the angels of the Lord and wants to prohibit the answer to the prayer that Daniel was making. And I love this. The battle got so powerful. It says this. It says, But Michael, this is an archangel, it says, one of the chief princes, one of the great, mighty, angelic warriors for the kingdom of God, it says, but Michael came to help me, and I love this. So God dispatches an angel. The enemy dispatches his angel. There is this cosmic battle. Michael, the great warrior, is sent from heaven, and so where Daniel is on his knees and he's seeking the Lord in prayer, there is a very real spiritual battle occurring in the unseen realm, and God sends the army of the Lord the angelic beings to go and fight on Daniel's behalf even though Daniel did not see them fighting. I want you to get the image here. Don't miss this. Daniel is on his knees and he's calling out to the Lord and he's crying out, God, I need direction. I need you to come through. I need a breakthrough. I need answers. I don't know what the future holds and I'm fasting and I'm praying and I'm seeking you. On the very first day when he hit his knees and lifted his voice, his prayers were heard in heaven. And for 21 days, as he prayed to God, God went to war to answer his prayer. Do you realize today the reason we need the power of God is because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and the weapons of our warfare are not earthly, they are spiritual. And the reason there are so many of us held in different areas of bondage in our life is not because, hey, it's just a fleshly battle. It's because there is a very real spiritual war in this room right now. If the Lord could peel back just for a moment, listen, there is spiritual war happening. Why? Because when the enemy knows we pray, he gets worried. He doesn't care if we sing songs. He doesn't care if we read the Bible. He doesn't care if we have Bible study, if we talk about Jesus, but he trembles when we fast and pray. And that is where the work happens. And Daniel is praying. The angels of the Lord are fighting. So why do we 21 days of prayer and fasting? It's because it's in the persistence of prayer that victory is found. It's saying, God, I know you're working and I know you hear me and I'm staying here and I'm gonna pray this thing through and I'm gonna believe you for it. And God, whatever you do on the outcome, I know you're working because even as I'm praying right now, there are angelic beings that are fighting for me and you are working. Even though it doesn't look like you're working, you're working. This is my heart's cry for us. We would see God move in power like. So here's where we start. I'm gonna say a few things, then I'm gonna pray for you, and we're gonna get dismissed. For some of you, it starts with receiving Jesus as your savior. Prayer and fasting is byproduct of relationship. It's, 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 it's walking by faith with Jesus. That faith journey begins with trusting Jesus as your Lord and savior. So it doesn't matter if you fast or pray. If you don't have a relationship that's based upon the blood of Christ, your fasting and praying is nothing. So some of you in this room, you've got a lot of religion, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And, And today what you need to do is rather than think about fasting and praying, you need to think, do I have a relationship with God? See, prayer is a gift that God has given his people to have access into his presence. That access only comes through the blood of Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, where you start with your fast is by trusting Christ. You can simply pray a prayer and just say, God, and this is not a simplicity of a prayer of just saying words, but in your heart, if you, this is where you are, scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he will save you. And so it's crying out to the Lord saying, God, I I know that Jesus lived and he died and he resurrected and he is the Lord of the universe. And I want him to be my Lord and my savior. And I want to trust his work. I'm tired of trying to know God on my own. I need to trust the only one that can help me know him. And that's Jesus. So this morning, if that's where you are, I'm gonna say amen in a minute and we're gonna have some announcements and be dismissed. Uh, we have some staff members that just hang right to my left. If you need Jesus this morning, we have this often when services like this, just come over and say, hey, when you were talking about that, that's what I needed and I prayed and I want to know more about that. I want to give that opportunity to you. Here's the second thing. For those who know Christ, today begins a journey of preparing for the 21 days of Fasting. Seeking the Lord, asking him what it is he wants to do in your life. What do you need him to do? What does he want to do? And begin to sit and listen and commit. Register to to fast and begin to write those things down so that as you go to battle, as you hit your knees, there are specific things you're asking God to do. Amen? Man, it's going to be great. We are not going to be the same church after this season. I believe it. Father, I love you and I thank you, Lord, as we come to an end of our time together. Lord, would you take your word, let your spirit empower us. Let us see you move in ways we've never seen you move before. We ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people said.